Father, this morning, speak to us, Lord. Prepare us, O Lord, because the King of Kings, the Kingdom of the King is so close. And the enemy, as the word says, Satan knows his time is very, very short and is raging. He's raging. He's mad. He's angry. But, O oh, Father, your will will always prevail. You are sovereign over all the nations. You are in control of the affairs of men. You use everyone ultimately for your purpose to be fulfilled. Even this morning we are in your house. We have come to hear from you. We sit at your feet and I pray, Father, that you would speak to us. Give us understanding. Understand the word, understand the events that are unfolding, understand Lord, understand your ways so that we are a people who are subject to the will of our Father in heaven, will of our King Jesus Lord. Teach us Lord, teach us, for in Jesus name we pray, Amen, Amen, Amen. Last week we looked at, we looked at the Lord's prayer and we looked at Jesus teaching us to pray, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. We saw the difference between sin and evil. The tree is called the tree of good and evil. It's never called the tree of good and sin. What begins at sin, if it is not stopped, repented and forsaken, every sin, any sin, ultimately can lead to evil which will finally end up in death. So evil is evil, sin is sin. They are not the same. Sin is when we fall short of God's mark. When we do that, usually we hurt ourselves, maybe hurt a few people around us. But evil is another thing. Evil is when we are deliberating, planning and plotting to hurt somebody else. That's when we become evil. So the cry of man... The cry of man in his prayer should be, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Because temptation is what leads to sin. You don't avoid sin. You avoid temptation. Scripture says, flee temptation, you escape evil, uh, sin. But deliver me from evil. Deliver from me evil. So as long as the old man, the flesh, is in us, there will be sin. You cannot live above sin. But you can definitely live above evil. Fight with sin will always continue with the old man. That is why the cry of every saint recorded in history or in the this is deliver me from this body. Deliver me from this body. Because this body is the body of sin. It is not the body of evil. Evil is there but it is the body of sin. But evil is another thing. And the battle rages between good and evil. There is a battle inside us that is raging between good and evil. Okay, every man. That's what Paul says in Romans 7. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. I want to do good. But what is there inside me? Evil is also, every man is a split personality. Okay, there is good because he was originally created in the image of God. Two, he believed his first father, Adam, believed the devil and he was born in the spirit of the devil. So he has got two fathers, original father God and then the real father, the devil. So there is good and evil. 
And also the first father and the mother went and ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So good is also there, evil is also there. The knowledge of good is there, the knowledge of evil is there. And there is this evil and good presence is is there in us. But, I mentioned last Sunday, the attack of the evil over your lives, evil over your lives is when you want to do good. Now I am looking from the point of a believer. When a believer wants to do good, evil will arise against him. Okay? Evil will arise against him. I mentioned this last Sunday, if you remember. There are people who are good. I believe everybody here who is saved is good because God declares you good. You are righteous. Positionally righteous. You are good. But there are people who are not just good, but they do good. They have righteous acts, which Ephesians will talk about, the acts which God prepared for us to do before the creation of the world. There is being good and there is doing good. Being good people don't run much into evil. Sorry, being good, okay? Being, if you are just good, you are just a good boy in your office. You don't run into trouble. You don't run into trouble. Oh, he's a good guy. He's a very good guy. Everybody likes you. The minute you try to share the gospel, you are trying to be good. Trouble starts arising suddenly. Evil starts rising against you. So to be good, so this evil will always try to stop you from doing good, not being good. Evil is not bothered as long as you are just good. Because there are good people in the world also. Some of them are better than you. But they don't share the gospel. They don't share the gospel. If you think you are being good by helping in an orphanage, they also run orphanages. If you think you are good by going and feeding the beggars, they also feed the beggars. You may go once a week, they go every day. If you think you are doing this good, they also do that. They have no issues. The issue is when you start pointing to the real good that is your soul. Jesus says, what is the point? Why are you worried about this? Ones who can only harm your body. But be worried about him who after the body is dead can throw your soul into eternal fire. Then you really realize the real good I can do is the gospel Peace. I need to speak to them. There is a way you can escape out of this mess. That is the real good. When you do that, then there is trouble. If you just run an orphanage and do good, feed them well, tuition, studies, everything, no problem. The minute you bring the gospel in, the government says, why? You getting the difference? Christmas program is there. They will call and say, please come to the presence, everything and give gifts. No problem. The minute says we also want to have a program and we will preach, they will say why? They don't mind that good which is common to everyone. But the good God is talking about is a different thing. If Jesus had gone around Israel just healing the sick and casting the demons out, they wouldn't have been upset. But the problem is along with that he preached. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. John did not heal anybody. But he preached. And they killed him for that. Jesus preached and healed. They killed him for that. Are you getting the picture? Doing good. So you can be passive. 
As long as you are a passive, righteous person like Lot, you will have less trouble with the world. Like Lot, you can live right in the middle of Sodom. Prosper in Sodom. Rise up in Sodom. No trouble. That's how they rise up in Sodom. You can, in Genesis 19 verse 1, you will see, and the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. You can even become a judge in Sodom. But what justice? What is the nature of your justice in Sodom? When a passive righteous man becomes a judge. It's okay. Justice will come. But you don't change the city at all. You have no influence. You are a righteous man. Please don't misunderstand. He is a passive righteous man. But there is no trouble for him in Sodom. Second Peter chapter 2 verses 7 and says, He delivered, this is God's word, so we cannot say anything about it. Righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among the tormented is righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Righteous, righteous, righteous. Three times. He is sitting there in Sodom. He is seeing and he is hearing all their unrighteous. But he is not doing anything. Is he partaking of it? No. Will you do sin? No. Will you do good? No. Will he tell them anything about judgment? Will he tell them about repentance? No. There are so many Christians like that in their workplace. They will be the good persons in the office for 30 years, retire and go. No Nobody will know about Jesus from the time they joined till the time they left. They will say, oh, he was such a nice person. Such a nice person. Such a kind person. Such a loving person. Did you know about Jesus? No. No. I met once in the army when I was a civil chaplain with them. A colonel who had broken his leg. And uh, used to ask for prayer. We introduced the gospel. He was fascinated with the gospel. And he really loved. And then he accepted the Lord. He wanted to get baptized. And then he told me something. He said, sir, you don't know my history. I said, what's your history? He said, I was an orphan. I don't have parents. And I was brought up by the Catholic priests. They took me. I lived and studied all my life in their school, in their college, joined the army. They took care of me, but they never told me about Jesus. Now I understand it all. You getting the picture? That's what God is talking about. At the end of our days, did you introduce Jesus? He was tormented, but he lived among them. Tormented, poor man, tormented. But prospering with torment. Rising, rising, rising. He is not able to leave because he is prospering also. So good people who are passive can prosper in the world with their torment. But they won't leave. It's like the monkey in the hand in that burthen, remember? He won't let go. If he lets go, he's free. But he won't let go because hand is there. He was tormented. He lived there. He never tried to overcome evil with good. Remember yesterday I said fasting doesn't change evil. Prayer doesn't change evil. It will only help you to grow stronger. None of these things will overcome evil. You can only overcome evil with 
good. You have to be actively good to overcome evil. But the minute, probably the first time he opened his mouth and spoke against evil and spoke good. Genesis 19. Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. First time he opened his mouth and he spoke. Evil rose up against him. Verse 9. What does it say? They said, stand back. You stand back. This one, now he's no longer a judge. Not your honor who's sitting at the gate. This one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. Did you see? When did evil rise up against him? The minute he tried to speak to do good, evil rose against him. Till then nothing happened. Nothing will happen to us also. As long as you remain a passive good person in an unbelieving society, nothing will happen to you. Nothing happens to most of you young people in your colleges, in your schools, because you don't do good, you are just good. And you be like them. You want to be approved, accepted. But I am good. I don't do the stuff they do, but I don't do the things which God asks and demands me to do either. So there is no persecution. It's nothing. And because, this but the danger is there, but because he had lived a life of compromise all these years, you are tormented. You cannot keep on living and hearing, hearing and seeing, hearing and seeing, hearing and seeing evil without finally it permeating into your conscience. And you compromise. The problem is, scripture says, when the day of evil comes, We'll go to that portion first. Six, uh, Ephesians 6.13, the one after that I gave you. 6.13, scripture says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. The day of evil will come. When the day of what? Not sin. The day of evil comes, you should be able to stand. But if you never took a stand for good, you never did good, when the day of evil comes because you've been seeing and hearing and seeing and hearing and passively be living in the midst of evil, when the day of evil comes, you're not able to really stand. What will you do? You will compromise. You know how Lord compromised? Listen to his compromise. The previous. See now. Listen to his compromise. Okay. See now. I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men. Since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. What did he say? Please, please, please. These are two my guests. These are my guests. They have come under my roof. Please don't do anything to them. You see, you just want to have sex, right? Take my two daughters. Do whatever you want. You know what it means? Do you really know what it means? He's actually speaking their language. He said, you want men for sex, right? You want to know them carnally, right? You want to have unnatural sex, right? You can have that with women too. Take them. You can have my daughters. See where this man has come down. Because you learn to compromise. Learn to compromise. This is the danger. 
We keep on hearing and seeing. Yet inside you are good. But you don't do good. When the day of evil comes, you will not be able to stand. You will not be able to stand. If Abraham hadn't been standing before God with his hands upraised, interceding for his nephew, he would have been gone. He would have been gone. It's because his uncle was interceding. Because the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Pray. If you're still fooling around Sodom, pray that God will find a righteous man or a woman who will intercede for you so that you can come out. Sad is the case of a man or a woman who has nobody to pray for him. Teach. That is why we teach separation as a biblical doctrine. Be separated from the world. We are not of the world. You are not separated when the day of evil comes and it is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. The intimidation is growing. Intimidation is growing. Do you know why every exit poll and every opinion poll went wrong? In every poll except for two. Every poll they showed Clinton was winning. And Trump was losing. Why? Because those who were planning to vote for Trump refused to tell the truth. Why? Because if you said you're voting for Trump, they would harass you. It's called a game in use called shaming. So everybody kept quiet. They will come after you. They will harass you. If you put in US, if you put a post on your Facebook. Let's see, you are a, I, I run a restaurant. I put a post on my Facebook saying, I believe that marriage is only between a man and a woman. Next day, 50 LGBT group will come outside your restaurant and start abusing you. That's called shaming. That's why the church was crying out, Lord, what is happening to this nation? And God said, I will intervene. You need to understand what is happening in the so-called most free country in the world. Sometimes I tell we have more freedom to worship here in Hyderabad than some of those places there. But you have to take a stand. If you don't take a stand, when the day of evil comes, gently, quietly, you have to overcome evil in your life by doing good. Therefore, Bible also talks about biblical separation. It's a doctrine. Abraham lived among sinners. Lot lived among evil men. But Abraham separated himself even from sinners. And he went to them only when he had a need. All sin is not evil. Evil is that part of sin that deliberately wants to hurt someone. Did you see? Now he is trying to become evil. He's willing to see that his daughters are hurt in the process of supposedly doing good. That is how your mind gets warped. Therefore, read the Lord's Prayer once again very carefully, clearly. In Matthew chapter 6, The Lord says, in this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts 
as you forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And then, after saying Amen, he continues. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Why? Why does the Lord say three times in the six verses, forgive? Forgive us our debtors, even as we forgive the debtors, and comes back in verse 14 and 15. Why does he three times stress on forgiveness? Why? The reason is, when you and I do not forgive somebody who has sinned against us, or somebody who has offended us, we harbor sin inside. When I don't forgive somebody who has sinned against me, it doesn't matter what that sin is, big or small. When I don't forgive them, what I am doing is now I am harboring unforgiveness, another sin inside me, which has the potential one day to become evil. Therefore God says, forgive, 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 forgive. Otherwise you don't realize one day that little sin will become evil. It has the potential. Evil also has a progression. As good has a progression, evil also has a progression. The first stage of evil is it comes as sin or evil. It comes from outside. It's not inside, it is outside. Sin is where? Outside. The question is, can outside sin or evil destroy you? Outside sin or evil cannot destroy you. Even if the very evil one comes, he cannot destroy you. Hear carefully this statement. Only you can destroy yourself. Nobody can destroy you. Not even the devil can destroy you. Your husband cannot destroy you. Your wife cannot destroy you. Your parents cannot destroy you. Your children cannot destroy you. Your worst enemies cannot destroy you. Only you can destroy Yourself. So if sin is outside and the sinner and his actions and his words are outside, you have not let it come in, it cannot destroy you. That is the first teaching in the Bible and the warning about sin. The first time when sin is used in the Bible, it is used outside the garden. Evil is used in the garden. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But nothing of sin is mentioned in the first three chapters. Fourth chapter, the first time sin is mentioned, it is in this connection. First teaching, first warning is Genesis 4 and verse 17. If you, this is to Cain. Cain and Abel came. Offered the sacrifices. God took one. He refused the others. The other one guy is upset. We don't see anything. But God sees his heart. He sees his attitude. He looked at his face. His countenance had fallen. He's angry. He's not said a word. But God doesn't need a word. He knows your face. He knows you're angry. He knows when you're sarcastic. When God told Sarah, told Abraham next year this time you will have a son. Sarah did not open her mouth. She only laughed inside. I'm 90 years old. This man is telling my husband I will be a mother next year. She laughed inside and God asked Sarah, why did you laugh? He doesn't need our to see our teeth. He knows our attitude. So he asked, 
If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and his desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Sin is outside. It's not got in. Cain, it is outside. It has not got into your life. You need to rule sin. Otherwise, what will happen? Sin will rule you. It's a warning to Cain and through Cain to all of humanity. If you are offended with your brother, you are offended with your brother Cain. If anybody is offended with their brother or sister, if you are angry with somebody, God says, don't let it in. Ephesians 4.26 will say, be angry. angry. Anger is okay. Anger is okay. If your pressure cooker doesn't have that wall, the whole lid will go to the roof. So we need the that's why some people don't have walls. So when they finally they burst, they take their whole house up. Be angry, but do not sin. He says, anger is fine. Deal the issue. Deal with the issue. Go up front. Deal with the issue. Okay. Be like Paul. Peter. Right up front, not behind his back. Peter. What you're doing is wrong. Till yesterday you were eating with the Gentile believers. Now some believers have come from Jerusalem from Pastor James. Now what I did, that original Pastor James, not this one, okay? <laughs> Pastor James, okay? Now you are separating and you are only eating with the Jewish believers. You are wrong. Did he say behind his back or did he say to his face? Yes. Is there any conflict there? No. Peter said, you are, you are right, Anna. Hmm? Not Anna, Chotabaya. No, Chotabaya, you are right. He's a young man. Paul, compared to Peter, you are right. I am wrong. Instead, what if Paul had said, huh, he thinks he's an apostle. He's the senior. Look at what he's doing. He goes to five of the Gentile believers and says, yeah, did you see what he did? What did he create there? Confusion, conflict, and now bitterness spreads. And said so he confronted him right in the face, right over there. Open. It's an issue. I have nothing against you, Peter. I love you. I honor you. But this action is wrong. And Peter agreed. We don't do things that way. You are mad at your brother Cain because his sacrifice has been accepted and yours is not. So deep inside, one, you think I am not just. That's why you are angry. His is accepted, mine is not accepted. Lord, you are not fair. You are not fair. That's how young people feel. You are not fair. You are not fair. You are not fair. Daddy, you are not fair. Mommy, you are not fair. Maybe you are right. But the question is, fairness and justice is not decided here. There is a day. All these young people who says, my mother never allowed me to play games. God will say, your mother was wrong. You were right today in eternity for the next thousand years. Play games. <laughs> okay. Justice. Do you want that? When everybody is busy worshipping God and serving God, you are stuck there because now God said, no, not fair, not just. That's what Cain thought. You are not just. You accepted his. You did not accept mine. I also worked as hard. I actually worked harder than him. God says, if you do right, if you do right, you will be accepted. All you have to do, don't look at your brother. Just look at what I have told about sacrifice. If you do right, you will be accepted. If you don't, who is waiting at the door? Sin is waiting at the door. He sees you are offended. He sees you are angry. He is waiting to get in. Outside you are still okay. 
deal with it now quickly sin is crouching it wants to get in but you need to overcome it or else it will become evil one day that's the best time to stop sin stopping sin in its tracks you see the distinction between sin and evil if you repent of your sin you don't give it a chance of becoming evil one day you cannot often like i said earlier live above sin but you can live above evil you may sin repent get rid that's why ephesians 4 27 do not let the sun go down on your 26 and 27 can we put it together do not let the sun go down on your anger i think it's 25 not 27 i think it's 25 don't give put it together 25 26 27 put it together be angry do not sin do not let the sun go down on your wrath before sun goes down on the wrath bring it to the open get rid of it otherwise what will happen you will go to sleep on it and it is found a place inside now it is festering the wound is not clean it is festering and what have you given you have given a place to the devil you only thought when you turned to the other side grumpily and pretended to go to sleep nobody saw but the devil saw he saw he said thank you thank you thank you so much i got it. I, i was waiting for a little foothold i got in i got in don't let the sun go down because the anger will start festering because now the, the enemy enemy is very good because you see the enemy is a spiritual being and your personal demon your personal demon who's been following you around from the time you were born has also has a book in which he keeps your record and your wife's record so you are angry with your wife and you turned that side and went to sleep but you're not able to sleep you're pretending to sleep and the enemy reminds you of all the things she has done in the past chronologically ordered and you say yeah Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. And you congratulate yourself for your memory power. <laughs> no. Brother, no sister. There's somebody who's whispering to you and you're not even aware of it. You have given place to the devil in your mind. He's gotten. Cain should have immediately said to himself, "Yes, I am wrong." I'm wrong. I was why I'm upset if God of accepted Abel's uh, sacrifice I'm not competing with him I just want to offer a sacrifice myself to God right what's the problem if Johann has got uh, 90% I'm not competing with Johann I wrote my exam I only got 89 so what next time I will try to work harder why should I be upset I only got 89 89 is very good marks but Johann got 90 what That's the problem. He should have just gone, no? Even better since they were brothers. Right? Abel is your brother, your own only brother. You should have gone to Abel and said, "Um, Baya, I'm sorry I was mad at you." Not Anna, okay? He's Baya. I am so sorry. I didn't know. What would Abel would have said? Abel would have said, "Anna, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't think about you. It was my mistake. I didn't even think about you. Sorry, Anna. Here, take a lamb. I will help you to prepare it." what a peaceful end but no 
you let anger fester, fester. Sin is now coming to the point where it has become evil. And one day, he will pretend to be good. Come, Abel, let's go for a walk. And it, we have something to discuss. And then in a moment when he was not aware, he took whatever it is and he killed him. Sin has become evil. Evil has become death. Even then, God is trying to stop him from becoming an evil man and walk in the ways of evil. Says, Cain, where is your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? How do, why are you asking me? I don't know where my brother is. So you see, he will be a wanderer all the days of his life. He does great things, but he's not mentioned in history as a righteous person. When the women said, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousand. Saul was jealous and angry. You should have tackled it then. It's okay, it's okay, it doesn't matter. That is his first victory. How many victories I have in my life? I've been king for so many years. How many Amalekites and Philistines I have killed? He's just taken one head. It's good, 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 good. That's all you should have said. Over, it's finished. I will rejoice in the victory of my servant. Fine. He didn't deal there. If he had tackled it there, History would have been different. So many people, even in marriages, carry loads inside. Sin festering inside, which has the potential to become evil and destroy your homes. That's why there are all kinds of lawyers in the world. But if you ask one kind of lawyer, do you love your work? They will say no. You know which lawyers? Divorce lawyers. They said, you want to see evil come to a divorce court. You will never believe these two people stood before God, made a covenant. They were together. They were one. They had children, loved and loved. They spout evil at each other. How did it happen? Over a little thing. Festering, 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 festering. Because you didn't deal with it when it should be dealt with it. So please remember, these are serious issues in life. And it's not dealt, it has the potential when the day of evil comes, you will not be able to stand. And any sin, if left alone, will become evil. The other danger, the thing you need to understand is this. Understand principles. Sinful people can execute justice. Meaning, make right judgments. I'm a sinner. I go to God. I repent. I'm restored. I'm still able to see straight. Evil people can never make right judgments because already their hearts are warped with prejudice. That's another issue. The minute you become evil, your thinking becomes evil. You are not ever able to make right judgments because anything anybody says, it's already reacting as offense. Because you're prejudiced. That's the danger. That's, these are all issues of the heart. A sinful person can receive forgiveness for his sins and still make right judgments, administer justice. But an evil person who is so bent on harming the other is so full of prejudice and will never be able to really think straight. So it is interesting how different scenarios look from God's viewpoint. I will give you a little examples which you find in life over years of ministry counseling. 
A married man falls. I'm just using illustrations. Okay? A married man falls. He commits a sexual sin. He cheats on his wife. He's contrite. He's repentant. He asks his wife for forgiveness. Adultery is sin. It's a major sin in the Bible. But he's contrite. He asks for forgiveness. And he walks away. Restored with God. And he moves on. But let's say his wife or his husband, whichever case, is resentful. Because you did it to me or she did it to me. Harbors that hurt inside and is bitter inside. You see, he or she who actually didn't commit adultery is now in the greater danger of becoming evil than the one who actually sinned. We don't see the nature of the devil. We will look at him and say, you know what, that man, that man called David is gone through, he's clean, he's gone through. He's gone. He's cleaned, restored, walking through. But the ones who did not forgive him, walking in bitterness, pretending to smile, bitterness and growing more and more evil. Have they sinned like David? No. Understand practically how it works. This is how it works in the hearts. God doesn't look at the action. He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. He looks at the action and sees if there is contriteness. Is this person truly repenting? Is this person truly changing? And when that happens, he sets you free. David sinned. He repented and he was restored. And the Lord protected him, preserved him from becoming an evil man. There's a difference between David's evil, Peter's evil, Saul's evil and Judah's evil. There's a difference. David was not plotting to kill Uriah because he hated Uriah. He probably liked Uriah, loved Uriah, but he was afraid that he would be exposed. In fear, he plotted his death. Saul hated David. Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter also betrayed Jesus. Peter betrayed Jesus because he was afraid. Judas was not afraid. Actions may look the same outside, but inside it is not the same. It is not the same. So look at how God looks. So God hears his cry, deliver me from evil. In John 17 verse 15 in the Lord's Jesus prayer, his prayer is that I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that should keep them from the evil one, that they don't become like him. His prayer over us is what? Take them out of the world, Lord, so that they will never sin. No. I don't ask you that. Don't take them out of the world until their purpose is done. But keep them from evil. Don't make them evil. Like that one. In Second Thessalonians 3.3, 3, Paul will say, The Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. He's faithful. If you do what he says, he's faithful. He'll keep you from becoming evil, from the evil one. God preserved David from evil. Though he sinned many times. After Iraya, he sinned many times. You look at that. But evil? No. He fulfilled his purpose, finished his course. That's what Bible records in the New Covenant. Acts 13 and verse 36. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. Died. Taken. He fulfilled his purpose. Served his generation. Did he sin? 
Did he come to the point of evil? Then cried out in Psalm 51 for mercy. Did God preserve him? Did he sin after that? Yes, in the counting of the men. Many times he sinned after that. But did he ever go to evil? No. Preserved him from evil. And every time he sinned, he repented. And God restored him and he finished his purpose. That's the key. But what about Ahitophel? He harbored sin in his heart until it festered and became evil. Did Ahitophel do any sin? Is there anything written in the Bible he did any sin? What was his issue? His issue was this. Bathsheba was his granddaughter. That was his issue. This man took my granddaughter. I am not going to forgive him. God has forgiven him. Bathsheba has forgiven him. He has children through Bathsheba. He, I will still not forgive him. I wonder what kind of a man he was. He's a wise man, outwardly all calm, this thing, but inside it was a different thing altogether. I wonder when he walked around with Solomon, he would have told little baby Solomon, you know what? I'm waiting for the day to finish your father off. Who could he? has to talk to somebody, right? You can't talk to the adults anyway. That's what he became. Saul sinned and became evil and died the death of an evil man. Yet interestingly, David was absolutely innocent and was sinned against over and over by Saul. Yet God preserved him. Why? Why did God preserve David, though the king who is evil was after his life? Look at Romans 14, a portion we looked last time. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends upon you, live peacefully. Yeah, let me. Dep- uh, live peacefully with all men. 19. Beloved, do not revenge, avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. What is God saying? God says, if you go back over there, he says, recompense. Do not give back. Don't give back. That's our constant statement. I gave back nicely. Scripture says, don't give back. Go to to the beginning. Don't give back. Don't give back. Don't repay. Don't give back. Evil for evil. Don't give back. Second, verse 19, don't avenge. Two words, both means the same. Avenge, vengeance. Avenge and vengeance is taking justice in your hands. God says, don't take justice in your hands. Don't take it. He says, justice is my responsibility, not yours. Justice is my, is my, is my, my. David had many times when he could legally, lawfully say, I'm going to take justice in my hands. It's in my hands. But he would not take it. Because he says, vengeance is not mine. That's God's. I will not do it. Look at what he says in First Samuel uh, 26. Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Therefore, please let me strike him at once with a spear right to the earth and I will not have to strike him a second time. Abishai, his second in command is saying, you know what, this is God. These things don't happen accidentally. He's fast asleep. We both are standing over here. The spear is in my hand. You don't have to do it. Let it be upon me. In one strike, I will kill your enemy. That's the end of your running. 
It's God who has allowed it. What does he say? David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Don't do it. You have forgotten who he is. He has been anointed. If God has anointed him, it's God's job to remove him. It is not our job to remove him. We cannot be the hand of God. Let God who put him take him out. What does he say? David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please take now the spear and the jug of water there by his head. Let us go. He says, let's get out of here. Because we don't do that. We will not recompense evil with evil. Vengeance, avenging is not my job. He says, that is God's. The sad thing is, you see, nobody is 100% evil. Everybody is evil and good. Saul is a man like that. There is good in Saul also. Don't think Saul is 100% evil. He had horns and all. No, he is good and evil. Like everybody. Both are there. So there is a conscience which pricks him. Okay? That's what God says in Matthew 7 and verse 11. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. If you being evil, do you think the mafia boss comes and smacks his son? No, he doesn't. He may smack other people's son, but he cares for his own way. Though he's evil, he knows how to give good to the ones he loves. Evil to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven? So even though people are evil, they know how to do good to the ones they love. Or good will come out. So Saul is a man like that. Even the evil are tempted to do good. So Saul will tell each time when David spares his life. Listen to Saul. First Samuel 24. So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul. Saul said, is this your voice my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and he wept. Five minutes ago he was running after his spear. Now he's weeping. What does he say? He said to David, you are more righteous than I for you have rewarded me with good whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed you shall surely be king. And that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me. And that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul. And Saul went home. But David and his men went up to and you think everything ended happily. No. A little later he's again after David. Why? This is the nature of evil. If you have not overcome sin and evil has gotten, sometimes your conscience will prick. You will act good. After that evil will come back and overpower you. It will not work. It simply will not work. It will not work. That is why God says deal at the sin stage until we don't wait until it becomes evil. Some faces you will feel very good but after that evil will come back. And you will see every time the same. He will do evil. David will do good. Again he will open his mouth and say. What will he say next time? Now chapter 26. Okay. Now 
Again he has gone. Again he has let him off. Saul said, I have sinned. Return my son David, for I will harm you no more. Because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, here is a king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today. I, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord. Let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and I, and also still prevail. So David went on his way. Saul returned to his palace. Did Saul change? He didn't change. He went, became more and more and more and more evil. But in faces, good will come out. That's what God's saying. Evil will grow, wax stronger and stronger if you haven't dealt with it. And ultimately, one day it will overpower. That's why God gives an interesting answer. In Matthew, when we read in 7.11, he says, You, if you being evil, know how to give good things to your children, when he repeats that same verse in the version, according to Luke, it's a side slight twist. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give you what? He says, you need the Holy Spirit to overcome evil. Without my spirit, you will never overcome. Giving these good gifts will not make you good. To make you consistently overcome evil and be positioned and functionally good, you need my spirit with the human spirit it is not possible so how did david overcome this evil how did david overcome his first we saw he never let evil in never tried to recompense or give back evil for evil with saul first thing he did was that he never gave evil back for evil first thing you need to do is that when somebody does sin against you evil against you don't give back in the same coin first step People will sin against us, but don't give it back in the same coin. Second thing, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Do not behave rudely, okay, does not seek. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. Thinks no evil. It does not want evil. Or harm to come to the other person. Love does not think evil. Try to think always... It help people. Try to give the benefit of doubt to the ones who harm. Why do you want to think, get into their head and think their motives? Give them the benefit of doubt. No, he didn't mean it that way. I, I believe he didn't mean it that way. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Love does not think evil. Love does not think evil. It protects you. It's not about the Let the other person be thinking evil day and night. That is not the problem. You guard your mind. Love does not think evil of the person who is trying to harm you. Does not think evil. Because you need to realize, when you truly have the love of God, you don't want evil to happen to the other person. Because the justice of God is always redemptive. God did not tell Noah, okay Noah, today flood is going to come. He says, give them time. 120 years. Give them time. You build. Let them see. Let them see. You preach. You keep on preaching. You keep on preaching. Try your best. 
When the tipping point comes, judgment will come. But the justice of God is always redempted. He wants to save and not to condemn. He wants to help and not to destroy. He talks about judgment as a strange work of God. God doesn't naturally like judging people in the terms of condemnation. And when we look at it that way, we have to see, even our judgments should be redemptive, not destructive. Purpose is that. And that's how David looks. David, Saul can do anything to David. Saul can be the most wicked man in Israel. But David will become wicked if he start thinking thoughts about Saul the same way. And then David is trapped. You have doubts? Go back home today and read Second Samuel and chapter 1. When he hears Saul is dead, David breaks down and cries. He weeps over Saul's death. And he writes an eology, a song of mourning over the death of Saul and Jonathan. How did he able to write that? And the Holy Spirit put it down as scripture because you know what? He thought no evil about Saul. Whom did he protect? Himself. Did Saul survive? No, Saul died. But did David survive? Yes, he did. And came through well. So a lot of things which God tells us to do, it may have no effect on your enemy, but it will have a tremendous effect on you of preserving your life before God. And that's what God is talking about. Don't overcome evil with evil. Second thing, love things no evil. That's his cry, Lord, deliver me from evil. God said, I will deliver you from evil. I will see evil doesn't even touch you, doesn't even get near you. That's what that portion in Corinthians finally says, what does it mean? Love never fails. Prophecies cannot overcome evil. Tongues cannot overcome evil. Understanding cannot tongue overcome evil. But love. Balaam was a prophet. Could he overcome evil? No, evil overcame him. Ahitophel was the man with the wisdom and understanding of his generation. Did he overcome evil or did evil overcome him? But David was a simple man. He only wrote Psalms. He didn't write Proverbs after Proverbs. He was not a very wise man. He was a simple man who loved God. His heart was clean. So when he heard Ahitophel has gone over to the other side with all his wisdom, he stood before God and said one simple prayer, Lord, please, Lord, Turn the wisdom of Ahitophel to foolishness. That's all he said. God said, agreed, son. Don't worry. I'll turn all his wisdom into foolishness. That is God. Love never fails. It never fails. Lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil. Why? Because temptation leads to sin. And sin, if it is left alone, will become evil one day. Which will lead to death. 1 John chapter 5 verses 16 and 17. If anyone sees his brother sinning or sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that you should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin and there is sin not leading to death. Strange. I don't want to get into it and create confusion over there, but God says there is sin that leads to death. Sin that does not lead to death. When you see somebody who is in a sin 
that is leading to death. God says, don't pray about it. They crossed the point. Crossed the point. What did God tell Samuel? Don't come to me about Saul again. I don't want to hear about him. It's over. He's not a sinner. He's evil. He's evil. Now, he is sitting there and planning and plotting to harm innocent people. And he doesn't care how many dies in the process. You're getting the, getting the picture? God says, don't. Don't. Therefore, God's promise is there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So say, no, Lord, Lord, this is too much. Me, God says, don't worry. When that temptation, the pressure comes upon you to give back evil for evil, cry out to God, Lord, help me. He says, I'll make a way. You will bear and you will come through. Don't go that road that leads to death. Because you don't overcome evil with evil. You don't overcome evil with pity or sympathy. Oh, do you know what this one did to me? No, that's not overcoming. No, they will go around. They will have their best china set out and they will be weeping. Do you don't know what that one did to me? Do you know? Then from the next house they will go, do you know what that one is thing? You know, and they think they are overcoming evil. No, you are not. You are being overcome by evil. The only way you can overcome evil is by good and no other way. We think we will feel better if we have gone and spread with ten people of what somebody did to us. Oh, you know what? Of course, we'll be religious. At the end of it, we'll say, pray for him. But the spelling was P-R-E-Y. Some people are figuring out that mental dictionary, what does that mean? (laughs) Ultimately, you will see when we reach heaven. Ultimately, it will be interesting in the final analysis. The measure of good most saints will do or have done will be largely equal to the evil that was done to them. Did you get it? If ultimately when you reach heaven, you will see the amount of good I actually did was connected to the amount of evil that was done to me. Because you suddenly realize the more evil that is done to you, the more good you have to do. So God uses evil for good. He'll say, Lord, why don't you take evil? He says, if I take evil out, none of you will do good. I know you guys. You will just sit in your armchairs and wait for me to come. But I allow evil, so good will result out of it. Look at the persons. You take the 50 chapters of Genesis, starting with Abraham and ending with the funeral of Joseph. Who was the one who did the most good in that whole 50 chapters? Joseph. Who was the one to whom the most evil were done? Joseph. Make the next three, four books. Exodus to Deuteronomy. Next four books. Who was the one to whom the most evil done? In the next four books. Moses. Who was the one who did the most good? Moses. This is history. You read Bible. Who was, look at David. Who was the one to whom most evil done? David. Who was the one from whom most good came out? David. All the way down to Jesus. 
to Paul, you read the Bible, you will see the ones against whom the most evil was done. They reacted spiritually and out of them came the best God could do. God is a God who turns evil for good. But the devil will say, give back evil for evil. So he also has his bakras who will get. God also has his servants. So, be careful. There is outside evil. As long as sin and evil is outside or evil is outside, you are safe. It's when evil gets inside, it starts becoming dangerous. If you wait before you do good in order to conquer outside evil, you can be very sure outside evil will find a willing partner. What is it? Inside evil. Remember there is already inside evil in all of us. The outside evil, as soon as you see outside evil, you want to overcome it, do good. You don't do good, after some time this fellow will talk to the other fellow and they will have a partnership, joint company. Because they are made of, made for each other. That is why God says, overcome evil with evil. That other fellow is looking here, he's looking, okay, he's lying idle. Okay, he'll start talking to your evil and they start coming together. Relationships. Daily you meditate on the wrongs. Somebody offended you in the office. Instead of doing good, what do you do? You withdraw. And you are very cold and silent. Very efficient. But you don't talk to anybody. Can be home. Can be office. It can be college. It can be church. Anywhere. If you are offended, it will show. Not only will your countenance fall, you will become very efficient. <laughs> if it's kitchen, you have a music set going with buttons. Tang, tang, tang. Don't do that. What are you doing? You are allowing the outside evil to talk to the inside evil. You will not overcome if you don't handle it. Look at the people in the Bible to whom evil was done. Genesis 40 verse 6. And Joseph came to them in the morning and looked at them and saw they were sad. And verse 7. Where is Joseph? In the prison. Why is he in the prison? Was he guilty? No, he was innocent. He has been tempted. He refused to fall into sin, falsely accused and thrown into a dungeon. If he wants to be, he can be coldly, silently efficient. Okay, I'm, I, I, I'm really angry. I didn't do anything wrong over here. Instead, what happens? Scripture says, he asked the Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of the Lord saying, why do you look so sad today? Why are you guys upset today? You look so sad. What is he looking? Do I have an opportunity to do good here? That's it. I personally believe this is the turning point in his life. When he was faced with evil, he recompensed evil with good in the prison. And they told them, this is what we dreamt. And as soon as he was willing to do good, obey God, spiritual principle, the anointing comes and he says, I can interpret. You want a gift to operate? Walk in God's terms. That gift hadn't worked in his life from the age of 17. He had only dreamt. He had not interpreted. Dreaming is one thing. Interpretation is another thing. He has not interpreted. Now the gift falls upon him because he is willing to do good instead of sitting and meditating on evil. 
Are you getting the picture? John chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, and they made him a supper. Martha? Martha? Do you know last time she served him, he scolded her? She was hoping for some sympathy. Jesus said, Martha, Martha. What is this Martha? You are concerned with so many. In top, in top of scolding her, he commended her sister, about whom she was complaining. Imagine. One of you comes to me and says, Pastor, you don't know what Shrikar is. And I said, you know what? There's something wrong with you. He's a good guy. Not only did I scold you, I commended the other person. You would go upset. You probably wouldn't come back next Sunday. But what do you see, Martha? She's serving. She's still serving. She's still serving. History says, Lazarus, Martha and Mary were missionaries to Cyprus. They were the first missionaries to die for Jesus in Cyprus. That's what church history says. They died for him. Why? Because they did not get offended, angry, upset. Because you scolded me in public. Get the picture? Judas. Remember our Judas in the Bible? He's a sinner. He's taking money. In John chapter 12, verses 4 and 7. But one of his disciples, same chapter, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Are you getting the picture? Judas is offended. He's offended. Oh, you didn't take my advice. Like Ahitophel was offended. Why? I am the smartest guy around and you, young fellow who's sitting on the throne, did take my advice. Your father used to take my advice always. I didn't have to give him a full sentence. Half sentence was enough. He applied it. You won't take my advice. He's so offended he goes and kills himself. Judas said, I am the one in charge of the treasury, right? I am the one who understands what physical discipline is. I am the one. I see, I did my see everything. You know, Why is she spending this money? We are after all in ministry, right? Ministry money should be used for the poor. He's giving such a Jesus and leave her alone. Come on, Judas, you don't fool me. Leave her alone. He got offended. 13 verse 27. After the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Entered into him. Do you know something here? You look, study scripture chronologically, we'll actually, it's part, but I don't think we have time for that today, unless we come to that before that. You know what? After this, this event in Bethany, after this event in Bethany, Judas will go meet the Pharisees and say, if I betray him, how much will you give me? And they say, 30 pieces. He said, done. He goes back for the Lord's Supper. He's already sold him. Sold him. Comes back for the Lord's Supper. And he takes the bread. How did you break bread? With evil and sin in your heart. Who gets in? The devil gets in. That's where God says, be very careful how you take bread. You could be partaking of bread broken by the very Lord himself. But as soon as you have eaten, the devil gets in. How? Because there is something wrong in your heart. 
something. You just went outside, betrayed him and came back. The Lord still gives you bread. Understand, this is all scripture. This is all scripture. It's all scripture. Verse 30. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately and it was night. Why is it written? Because he will not see day again. It's night. He's entered into darkness. Not just physical, but eternal. Later remorse. All of these people will have remorse because there is good in them. But evil is much stronger. There is good in them. But evil is much stronger. So in good, they will remorse. They will say, oh, I have shed innocent blood. Esau will also cry, oh, daddy. But scripture says they could not bring a change of heart because evil has overpowered the heart. Emotionally they react. Heart is not able to change. Why? Heart is controlled now by evil. Emotions, the good is still affecting. You look at Hebrews 12. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. It's the grace of God that enables you to overcome. But you have fallen short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness bringing up causes trouble by this, many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance. Though he sought it diligently with tears. Outwardly the good is working. His emotion, his minds are all working. He's crying, I want good, I want good, I want good. Heart is not changing. Heart is controlled by evil. The outside evil has become the inside evil. That's what God is talking about. Be careful. Be careful. Evil will overcome Cain. He will become a murderer. Evil will overcome Esau. Look at the, the process. Genesis 27 verse 38. Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also. Oh, my father. Esau lifted up his voice and he wept. He cried before his father. Can you imagine a 40-year-old, 50-year-old man crying? Say, Lord, please, daddy, bless me. Father blessed him. Okay, okay, I'll bless you. This is a wonderful blessing. And you would think he can change his heart, right? He's cried, he's wept, he's got a blessing. But look at the next verse, 41. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning my father are at hand. Then I will kill him. He's a murderer now. Why didn't he kill his brother? Because his brother ran away. And his father did not die. His father had died, if my brother hadn't run away, he would have killed him. The action doesn't count. It's the intention that counts in the hand of God. He knows I have restrained your action. That doesn't make you innocent. You are guilty. If I had removed the restraints, you would have killed your brother Esau. You are a murderer. Though you have wept, though you have cried, you are not able to change your heart. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand? That is Bible. That is what happened to Aitofel. That is what happened to Judas in Matthew 27, verses 3 to 5. You will see. Judas is betraying, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. And he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed. Does it stop there? No. And when then? 
evil overpowered him. The devil said, you are not going to get out of my hand. You are not going to see him crucified and and forgive them. That's not going to happen. You want to die before receiving forgiveness and go to hell. I got you. Was he sad? Was he remorseful? Did he even make restitution of returning the money? Yes, he did. Did it make any effect for him in eternity? No. Nil. Nothing. So don't let the outside evil have a partner inside. Therefore, what does Jesus say three times in the Lord's Prayer? What is that one thing he says? Father, forgive them. What does he say? Father, forgive my debtors even as you forgive my debts. And he comes back and says, if you don't forgive, your father will not forgive. And he'll say, so what happens if I'm not forgiven? God says, you can end up as an evil one. Because sin will fester. You'll say, no, no, I'm not going to forgive. I can handle it. God says, you cannot. Your sin will go progressively end up as evil. He said, look through scripture. These are great men who walked with Jesus, served with Jesus, ministered with Jesus, ended up in hell. Balaam prophesied oracles of Balaam. Oh, here, O Israel, the oracles of Balaam. All about Jesus and Israel. And probably the wise men, the Magi, came looking at a star because Balaam was the one who prophesied the star will rise. Where is he? In hell. Why? Because he was overcome by evil. So God says, overcome. Evil with good. Forgive. Let go. Don't. Don't hold to unforgiveness, which will become bitterness, which will ultimately become wickedness. And as we, with the time I have left, come to the third stage. Outside outside evil, inside evil, and then it comes to the third stage, which is called the spoken evil. Once you have moved to the second stage and still don't deal there, envy, hatred all starts and he or she starts speaking evil instead of doing good. Can't do good anymore. Good is gone out of the picture, but you are speaking evil. Either they become armchair critics, just bitter people sitting and doing nothing but speak evil, if anybody will hear them. If nobody will hear them, they will mutter to themselves finally. Speaking evil. Speaking evil doesn't stop there. From there comes group evil. Once you reach there, let me tell you from scripture, it is almost impossible to come out. Very rarely people have fallen into group evil. It's like the mafia. You leave them, they will kill you. You can be a thief alone. Any day thief alone steal and then one day have repentance and come out. You join the mafia. You try to leave. (laughs) You're a dead man. You're a dead man. That's the nature of evil. When you become part of a group evil. You know why Esau was saved? Because Jacob fled. Why Esau did not become a murderer? Because Jacob fled. And in his absence he prospered. So 20 years later, he forgot. If Jacob had stayed back, Esau would have ended up as a murderer. Once Ahitophel, scripture says in 2 Samuel 15 and verse 12, Absalom sent for Ahitophel the Gilonite, David's counselor from the city. He sent word, you come to my side. At that point, Ahitophel would have said, no, 
No, no, no, no. I will not cross that line. Okay, I'm angry with David. I'm upset with David. He did all that. But you know what? As a counselor, my loyalty still lies with him. I will not go on to the other side. He would have been safe. The minute he crosses that line, what does scripture say? The next verse. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel came to Jerusalem. And who was with him? Ahitophel was with him. Next time you hear, he's hanging out from his rafter. He's joined the group of evil. There are places where you can always make a line. You can even in the last minute, last minute, okay. Aaron and Miriam are sinners. They are made a public example. Korah, Datan and Abiram, the gang are not sinners. They are evil. They are evil. God deals with sinners and evil people differently. These are evil people. You understand the history of Israel. You will know when Israel was in Egypt, they were the slaves and they were the taskmasters. Who were the taskmasters? The leaders of Israel were the taskmasters. Meaning they did not make bricks. They made their own people make big bricks. And they reported to the Egyptians. So who were these 350? They were the taskmasters once in Egypt. Now they are leaders in the wilderness. But they did not like Moses being leader over them. That was the reason. So they came and said, what do you think? God speaks only through you. He speaks, we are all holy. God said, stand apart. I will deal with them differently. Because these are not sinners. Miriam, no problem. Seven days stand outside. You can be restored. Come back. Aaron, you will die finishing your course as an overcomer. Yes, you made the golden calf. Yes, you were weak. Yes, you compromised. But your hour of triumph will come. A day will come when plague will rise from the Lord's house and wave after wave after God's people will die. And that day Moses will tell you, Aaron, run, make atonement. And he will run right to the temple. Take the fire and run to the middle of the death and stand there and death will stop. He ends triumphantly. Though he was a sinner, he was not evil. What about Korah, Datan and Abiram? They were evil. God says, stand apart. He says, I will show them. And as they are standing apart, and I believe as the earth is about to open, as is opening, you know what happened? One set of people, the sons of Korah, run and cross onto the other side. So you have the sons of Korah singing praises to God through the Bible. You can still choose not to join them. And they ran, ran to safety. And God says, you shall be custodians in my house forever, sons of Korah. Who was Korah? Who rebelled and was taken to hell visibly the first time. Who are their sons? Those who sing praises in his house. The minute he joined on to the other side, you are gone. So you need to understand how it works. How evil works. How sin works. Because you are a set of children who are living in a different world. Your parents don't know. Your elders don't know what you do over there. First somebody will try to come and give you drugs and say, try it. It give you a high. You're good. You're a sinner when you take drugs. But later they will make you peddle drugs. You are no longer a sinner. Now you are a peddler of drugs, a seller of death. You are becoming evil. Be careful. Be careful. That's how they get evil people, young children on the streets. You know, they all started with a shot, with a, with one shot, with one sniffle. But now they are peddling drugs. What have they become? They have become evil. There's a day difference between the two. It's not the same. That's why the message is for all of you. Be careful because all these ways are for easy money. 
You can make easy money through it all, but you end up as an evil one. How easy? If you want to make gold, you will have to work all your lifetime. Maybe you will not. If you are a pastor, you will have to have ministry after ministry, preaching, preaching. People may give offering. And suddenly somebody comes and says, hey, man, come here. The king Balak is calling you. Come over there. All you need is stand there, curse Israel, and I will give you gold that will fill your house. Wow. Lord, can I go? Don't go. Lord, can I go? Don't go. Lord, can I go? Go. What are you asking God? Nature of evil. The evil was inside. Outside, got inside. That's why God says, look at all these things differently. Once Judas went over to the other side in Matthew 14 and verse 10. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him to them. Once he crossed that line, there was no coming back. There was no coming back. Like Ahitophel, the only thing that waited for him was the gallows. And he would hang himself. So know your progression. Each one, we need to progress. Is it good? Outside evil? Inside evil? Spoken evil? Group evil? Or, good, more evil. More evil, even more good. More go- evil, even more good. You can you can check out how your progress is. Very simple. Check, make a chart. Am I moving from good to outside evil to inside evil to group evil? Or, good, evil. I, oh Lord, but I am going to do more good. More evil, more good, more evil, more good. Progress. It's very easy. Make out which way you are going to react. Because he has shown us the way. That's what actually it means. Just not, Lord, I want a large ministry. For what? You will die of tiredness. No, Lord, expand my territory. I want to do as much good as possible because evil is coming against me. When the enemy comes in uh, like a flood, you raise up the standard. I will march under it and do as much good I can in this lifetime. I will overcome evil. Stretch my boundaries. Open doors. Open doors to do good to people. I want to preach your kingdom, share your kingdom, witness and testify about you in whichever means you say. I will not stop doing good. Will you be able to say, I want to die a blessing? Because we are all sinners. But we are not evil. We should not be evil. For every evil person was once a sinner. Every evil person was once a Sinner. But every sinner doesn't have to end up as an evil one. So this morning, I want the worship team to come. If the worship team comes, remember, God, God's ways are not our ways. Solution God has given in His word. First, foremost, forgive. Let go. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let sin fester. Then pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Then don't stop there. Lord, make me a blessing in your field. Don't stop there. Lord, I want to do as much good as possible in this lifetime. You be my hands and my feet. Use me to the uttermost. Here I am. You will overcome evil. Come, Rishi. Even as we sing, meditate upon the words we have heard today. Let God speak to us.
Whether you are young or small, start with the first step, let go. Whether it is small or big, let go. Focus outside. So much good you can do. And so much evil you can meditate on also inside. Let go. I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. The sin runs deep. Your grace is more, the grace is more, is where you are, where you are, Lord I am free, holiness is Christ in me, Lord I need you. My righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Church, you know, God calls David a man after my own heart, his own heart. You look at David's life as a man full of errors. But God loved him and preserved him from becoming evil. When David sinned with Bathsheba, Nathan confronted him. He acknowledges sin. And God sees his heart and says, I have removed that sin. The sword comes upon David's life. The child is sick. He's on his face seven days. On the seventh day, the child dies. But that man arises, goes to the house of God and worships. That's a man after God's own heart. He counts the fighting men in his kingdom. God is angry. Judgment begins. God gives David three choices. He picks up that choice. He says, let me fall into the house of hands of God. And then he offers that sacrifice. That judgment also stops. And then you see, he's old. His son, Solomon. And Adonijah. Adonijah takes the throne. But even there, he cries out, he's just, he knows he's made the word, God has so chosen his son Solomon. So even in the last minute, he intervenes and sees to that justice. God's justice is implemented in his kingdom and Solomon becomes king. He has one final desire, the desire of his heart, that is to build a temple. And when he is about to build the temple, start the whole thing, and the prophet has given him the permission, the next day the prophet comes back and says, God has said no. And then 
then David should have been offended but David does goes before God humbles himself and he says who am I and the next thing he does is that if I cannot do the temple build the temple I will do the next best the rest of his life he gathers everything that is needed for his son to build the temple he always overcame evil anger sin offense with good he never responded back in a way that would have taken him down that's what God is saying don't be angry with God don't be angry with man if you are do not sin do not sin yes david was angry with god when uzza died but then 3 months later he was dancing before god yes you can be angry with god ask lord why but then like david learn to also dance before him do not sin against the lord david did not sin against the lord can be angry with your brother with your sister but god says do not sin against them and if you do repent turn back don't go in the company of evil for it will destroy you there is a sin that leads to death not all sins ultimately evil will overpower if you walk in it this morning This 11th month second sunday as we stand here in the presence of god a just god a holy god a upright god is telling us put things right with me today so that you can walk free so that we can be in that company that will stand before god in a sea that is made of glass as of mixed with fires where he will give himself give us harps that we can sing the song of the lamb that day our god is not only mighty he is just he's perfect he's upright the journey to that place begins here today now doesn't begin there it begins here today if you understand and receive and accept god is just in all his ways he is right today i said we accept god's love we accept god's mercy we accept god's kindness but today i request you in your heart in your core of your heart believe and know god is always just always upright all his ways towards us are right that will turn our lives help us to see things differently father this morning we stand before you as your people called by your name you said if your people were called by your name we would humble ourselves and seek your face humble ourselves Then he would hear our cry and he would heal our land. Today we cry for ourselves. Our homes, our churches, our nation and the nations. We cry, Lord. Lord, extend your hand of mercy. There are many who are standing on the edge. Like Korah's sons, standing right at the edge. They have to make their decision soon before they fall in 
with the rest of their group and i pray they will have courage and boldness to make that decision and say i stand in the camp of the godly i stand with the camp of god i don't care how much it costs me tomorrow but today i have made my decision i will stand with the lord give boldness to those who are weak and struggling let them not keep compromising like lot so that when the day of evil comes you have no strength to stand let them not sit on the fence as in the days of elijah on mount carmel when he asked the people choose this day whom you will serve if it's yahweh follow yahweh if it is baal follow baal and the people said nothing but lord let it not be that day here let people say something in their hearts at least lord i choose to follow yahweh for you alone have the words of life you alone oh god let people make up their minds oh god not just who are standing here but those thousands over the days weeks who will hear on the net everyone who is standing between two opinions was wandering in the valley of decision as prophesied thousands and thousands multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision unable to make up their mind and i pray lord they will make up their mind whether before it is too late and decide god of israel is the only god there is no one there is no name under the heavens but the name of jesus it is given to man for salvation Today your people will cry out call upon your name and be saved from their sin be saved and be delivered from the power of evil Touch us today Lord set your people free the young ones set them free from the power of the evil one and the power of this world and the power of the evil ones in their company set them free Lord set them free from everything that holds them back from walking with you and serving you set your people free lord that we might serve you for you called us out of darkness into light that we might declare your praises you will have a people in the last days like paul and silas in this last days who will shout and sing even in their tribulation a people who will sing your praises Let that song begin today, Lord, in our hearts and our lives. Touch your people, empower them, set us free. Be with them. Put a hedge of protection around them. You said you yourself will be a wall of fire around Zion. Be a wall of fire around your church, around your people, everywhere, Lord, all around the world. Your people were called by your name. You be a wall of fire. Protect them from the evil one, oh Lord. We are not saying to take us out of the world before it is time. We are saying, Lord, as you pray, protect us, keep us from the evil one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Your word says you are faithful and you will keep us from the evil one. We are not looking at our strength. We are not looking at anything that is in us, not even the good in us. We are looking at your faithfulness. Your God is faithful that he will keep us from the evil one. Thank you, thank you, Father. So, children, go into another week. Let your hand be there upon them. Protect them, preserve them, keep them, keep them close to you, Lord. 
close, Father. Be with us, Lord. Wherever you take us, be with us. Keep us. We need you, Lord. For in your presence, there is not only fullness of joy, there is rest. That's what we long for, Lord. Rest. Thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. We as your people, we lift up holy hands and we bless your holy name, Lord. We bless your holy name. Thank you, thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen.